0: because aging starts now.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Barbara McGinnis, partner and certified elder law attorney at Tagus McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we're speaking with Jen Roberts, CEO and founder of Difference Consulting about an epidemic in the healthcare profession and for anyone serving as a caregiver and that is burnout. Welcome, Jen. Thank you for having me. So what are the signs of burnout?
2: Well, there are a number of different signs of burnout, as you can imagine, but really what we tend to see most often um, is extreme tiredness, difficulty concentrating, difficulty with cognitive and emotional processes. And it's really important to understand those symptoms and tendencies fully. um, Because when we start to see people behaving differently than we're used to, it can really begin to impact both their work performance and their behavior.
1: So, well, how can people uh, know
2: if they're burned out, either personally or professionally? You know, one of the things that we're hearing most often now is clients just saying things like, I'm so exhausted, I'm so tired. Um, And it's certainly become a buzzword. Even pre-pandemic, people were very busy, right? It was almost a badge of honor to be busy and to have a lot going on. And so when we entered into the pandemic time, we really entered into... A space that was different than what people had experienced in the past. People have really been experiencing what we call a VUCA environment over the past couple of years. And so we're seeing persistent burnout challenges around the world. So VUCA actually stands for an environment that's volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And so what that means is that when people can't anticipate what might be happening or when their work environments are extremely busy and they start to feel those signs of exhaustion and burnout, it's really difficult to be able to concentrate and continue to perform at the same levels.
1: As people, we like knowing what what's going to happen to us. We, we like to be able to anticipate what's coming. And some folks just have a harder time not being able to do that, right? Some of us are less flexible than others.
2: Certainly, yes. That ad- that adaptability uh, principle is really important because when we aren't sure what's happening, we tend to, from a psychological perspective, make up the worst possible story. <laughs> so when we're not sure what's going to happen, we spend a lot of time and energy trying to process through that and figure out what it looks like. Um, and when I mentioned that this is really you know, an epidemic across the world, burnout isn't just happening here in, you know, the United States, it's happening everywhere. Um, And so what we're seeing is that there are a lot of challenges related to burnout. So, you know, huge subsets of employees are reporting feeling um, burnout related to experiencing toxic behavior at the workplace. And so people who experience that type of incivility are eight times more likely to experience those burnout symptoms. They're also six times more likely to report that they are wanting to leave their employer in the next couple of months. So people who are adaptable actually have more choices in front of them when it comes to staying in environments where they may be experiencing some of those things. Um, And the culture of the organization is one of the biggest predictors of the rate of resignation. So it's 10 times more predictive than compensation, which is kind of hard to believe.
1: Hmm. But very, very interesting because it seems like it might be easier, well, maybe not easier to control than compensation, but um, controllable at the very least. But how how does burnout actually impact someone's health?
2: Well, when we think about burnout, burnout is beyond typical levels of stress. So everybody experiences pressures um, on a day-to-day basis. They experience Stressors in their environment. So those external pressures are something that we're all used to. The way that we interpret that and the way that we um, kind of take in information and perceive it has a lot to do with how we experience those symptoms. So when somebody is facing extreme levels of stress, it really impacts them in a number of different ways. Um, so it impacts their ability to make good decisions. It you know, affects their performance in terms of if we're experiencing high levels of stress when it's harder to concentrate and we have to think for our jobs, it's hard to make good decisions and be able to work without making mistakes and doing things um, like that. Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay. So would you say that if people are experiencing burnout, they may be more at risk for
2: accidents or injuries? They could indeed be more prone to accidents or injuries. Certainly, it also affects them from a physical perspective. So, when we think about how people generally react to stress, you know, I mentioned being um, extremely exhausted, but people will have muscle tension, they'll have headaches, they have digestive issues. So, a lot of things can arise from that as well. And then, you know, related to both how we're thinking about and how we're physically processing that stress, it can lead us to have some emotional reactions. So we may be a little bit more touchy and sensitive than we generally would be. You'll see people experiencing irritability where generally they wouldn't have before. Um, and then from a behavioral standpoint, you'll see things like people having insomnia and they'll start medicating to be able to go to sleep or to wake up or stay awake, um, you know, they may not be getting as much exercise, and so they may turn to habits that aren't quite as healthy for them. So it really has a wide range of effects on people's um, health and concentration. Additionally, you know, it affects things like their job satisfaction, of course. You know, if you're burned out from the work that you're doing, then that can certainly affect you. People's inability to disconnect from work is contributing to burnout as well. So the fact that we're cons- continuously connected to our devices, um, and have problems being able to set that work aside because we feel that we're constantly on call. Um, in addition to just, you know, workload challenges that we might experience, um, you know, because we can't handle the pressures and the workload that we're being given on a daily basis. So what can help
1: us manage those, um, those stressors on our and, and how it, It sounds like if we're more adaptable or uh, resilient, I think is another buzzword that (laughs) I seem to hear a lot about being resilient uh, in these uncertain times. How, How do we do that?
2: I wish there was one single easy answer, but from a personal perspective, one of the best things that you can do is to try to shift your mindset, to think of your career self as that of a professional athlete. So when we think about professional athletes and how they approach their work, as it were, even if they are participating in a sport, they have periods of high training and activity, Um and intense, you know, workouts, but they also focus on taking periods of rest. So they they work, but then they take time to recover, and they really prioritize their own self-care as well as the well-being of their team. So shifting your mindset to think of yourself kind of in that professional athlete um, terminology can help you. So for short-term recovery. You know, this is really about managing your intra and day-to-day stress and recovery demands. So things that you might face on a daily basis that aren't consistent or necessarily over a long period of time, you know, might be things like just managing certain stress levels, optimizing your mental focus. And so people do that in different ways. Um, some people meditate, mm-hmm. some people do guided you know, meditations or breathing exercises or techniques to help them. And a big part of managing your stress level is gaining awareness about what's causing your stress and what the effects are having, you know, on your physical self and on your mental self as well.
1: Generally, just being more insightful
2: and communicating, sounds like. Absolutely. It's just, it's really about checking into yourself. You know, when you mm-hmm. think about, for instance, your commute home, <laughs> this is something that you do every day, right? Yeah. And so when we're driving, we don't often think about the steps that it takes to be able to get in our car, start the car, drive the car all the way to where we're going, because we're in sort of a subconscious space. And so The thing about that is that a lot of our stress happens in that state. And so being able to slow down long enough to practice the pause, as some people say, um, and really just gain a sense of awareness about how you're feeling in your body. So you can do this, you know, by setting... Timers throughout the day, you can put a little calendar note on your calendar so that you get reminded to check in with yourself. You can build in breaks around meetings that you have so that you can mentally prepare. Um, I encourage people to eat their lunch away from their desk or take a short walk or listen to their favorite song, whatever that takes to just be able to recognize you know what their states are and do something to try to rebuild their energy during the day. So those are some short term recovery options.
1: Well, and then as just being a proactive individual professional, those are the ways that you can protect yourself. And you definitely need to be practicing some of those things at the very least, right? But what do you recommend for an employer to do to have a healthier work environment?
2: Well, when we think about burnout and how employers have been tackling this This isn't a brand new thing, right? So employers have been investing quite a lot of money over the last couple of years into wellness programs. And I think something that's really important for employers to consider is that burnout isn't just about the individuals. It's oftentimes about the organization, and what the culture of the organization is creating. So, for instance, when I mentioned in the beginning that toxic workplace behavior or being a victim of that in the workplace really drives burnout to a much higher degree, employers need to be approaching this from a much more systematic place. Um, So, when we think about what that looks like, I spend a lot of time working with leaders, helping them practice human-centered leadership. And so, what that means is being able to recognize that your employees are humans with needs. <laughs> um, taking off the mask and just being really authentic and genuine with your employees, which may mean that you have to be more vulnerable. Um, and then, of course, employees want to be recognized for the work that they do. They want you to help remove obstacles. And you know they really want you to help create that environment that destigmatizes mental health and gives them a place to be able to practice some of these skills that we've talked about.
1: Very good information, Jen. I appreciate that as an individual professional and a person in uh, leadership in and, and our organization. But uh, anything
2: you want to wrap up with? Um, I would just say in terms of meeting your employees' needs, um, as an organization, if you are a provider um, who has the ability to put some of these things into practice within your workplace. As a human leader, as I mentioned, you know, make sure that you're modeling healthy behaviors yourself, because when you're a leader, you're in the spotlight and people look to you to kind of set the culture and to set the tone. And so if you yourself are not modeling healthy self-care behaviors, um, it makes it harder for your employees to follow suit. So making sure that, You know, you do that, that you're protecting your own energy and that you're building a culture of connection with your employees. Um, Organizationally, there may be some other more tactical things that you can do in terms of leading with a focus on well-being, as I mentioned before, making sure that you're communicating often with employees. And this is something that's so overlooked because we really need to communicate much more often than we think we do. You know, so that means checking in with people, truly asking how they are, being transparent about things that are happening so that we can anticipate what's coming um, and not be as surprised, making it a more stressful situation. And then, of course, offering employee growth to help them with some of those things that we talked about, um, training and coaching so that they have an accountability partner to help them recognize some of those unhelpful um, mindsets or thought patterns that may be holding them back or contributing to the burnout that they're experiencing. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode, folks. Thank you for listening. Take us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now.